This episode of Nerd Cognito is brought to you by, well, you. A lot of you have gone to Nerd Cognito, gone to the support our show section, and we cannot thank you enough for your generosity. It helps us pay the bills. Look, we're not here to get rich. We're here just to talk about the hobby that we love and the things that we like, and hopefully the things that you like, too. So we sincerely appreciate every time you Venmo us five bucks for a milkshake or whenever you use our Amazon link to click through and do some shopping. We get a small cut, and that helps contribute towards the bills. It is truly, truly appreciated. So if you haven't yet... Go to nerdcognito.com and check out the Support the Show page to see all of the ways that you can support the show, both monetarily and, as in the case with the Amazon link, through no additional cost to you. Hey, you're going to do the shopping anyhow. Give us a little taste of the pie, so to speak. Again, we sincerely appreciate it. Now, on with the show. Nerd Cognito. Hey, 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 my name is Ryan David. Thank you for joining us here on Nerd Cognito. We're here with our official post-Halloween show, and I'm joined by no longer spooky Bert. Hey, Bert. Hey, Ryan, how's it going? Oh, not bad, not bad. Uh, I had to open with Halloween something or other, considering we had a Halloween segment on the board tonight, and then we said, uh, this isn't going to drop until after Halloween. <laughs> right. Oh, where the fuck is my brain sometimes? Eh, everybody has a you know slip now and then. Yeah, that's okay, that's okay. We want to take a, a moment out of our, I, I guess, busy schedule <laughs> uh, to thank all of the new folks that joined last week. Um, we had a big influx of new listeners to the Nerd Cognito family, so I'm sure some of them are hate fuckers that wanted to hear about my deplatforming, and I'm sure some people just came on board because, you know, we had a lot of social interaction and folks pointing other folks to the show because... They were equally confused and irritated with the situation. So people just right. wanted to know what was going on. So if you are one of those new folks, hey, welcome. You'll hate me in no time. But you'll still like Bert. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I did get hate mail on you, Bert, but I think I deleted it. Really? What did they say? Uh, it was something along the lines of... Bert's a sparkle troll in disguise, blah, 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 blah. But I don't remember the finer points of it because it was bullshit. So, <laughs> so if well, you I... s- sent that bullshit in, send it in again, or better yet, call in to the Nerd Cognito hotline and, and give us a little diatribe of why Bert is a sparkle troll. Um, we know he has tendencies, but you were full on, hard on in the camp that he's a sparkle troll. So we want to hear from you. Nerd Cognito Hotline, 323-694-4242. 323-694-4242. Yeah, call in and tell us why Bert is a sparkle troll. I- I'm very curious. Oh, so am I. I mean, I like to think I'm pretty open-minded, but I tend to go for... You know, more crunchy game days than not, you know? I, I I don't, like I said, I dismissed it, and I know that sounds terrible, and someone's probably going to be pissed at me. It was a long week. Give me a break. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, definitely call in, because my Swiss cheese brain, it just forgot it. And, and I want to, you know, revel in the fact that, that someone out there, Bert, dislikes you. <laughs> Oh no! Whatever shall I do? I don't know. I, I am I am devastated that I am not loved by millions. Oh wait, no, I'm no, not. It's no. fine. No, it's all right. If it's you don't right. like me, you don't like me. That's okay too. You know, there there was a a, a good old late '90s wrestling catchphrase that the dog faced gremlin Rick Steiner used to say, and it's uh, if you don't like me, bite me. So. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, if you have something that you want to share with us, even if it's not the Bert is a Sparkle Troll uh, little monologue, feel free to also call the Nerd Cognito hotline. It's been, it was quiet. I, I really expected it to get lit up last week, 
But I think everyone was sort of in a holding pattern to see, you know, me spitting fire or, or whatever I was supposed to do that I didn't do. So Right, right. They wanted to see your head spin 360 and you spit green pea soup <laughs> on the walls and, you know, go full on Linda Blair. No, it didn't happen. None of that happened. Didn't yeah, happen. None of that happened. No, no, no. But, you know, if, if you're in that camp too, give us a call, 323-694-4242. And, and just sound off in general. We, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, calling and messaging rates may apply. So this week we have, uh, I think, a pretty good show lined up, with the exception of the scratched It's Too Late for Halloween content. Right, right. We should have done that last week, but we had more pressing issues to discuss. Oh, of course. Of course we did. Uh, this week, we're going to talk about uh, the rule of cool. Uh. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, if you don't know what the rule of cool is, consider yourself lucky. And if you do know what the rule of cool is, you know exactly probably where each of us are going to fall in our opinions on that one, but we're going to tackle that. And then I've got a lot of news, a lot, Bert. You know, I always say that. I Every week I say, we've got a lot of news, but this week I've got a lot of news. It's all right. We'll get through it. You know, we suffer together every week. And uh, after the news, uh, we were going to talk about tis the season not my favorite season that is now past but it is uh, what, what's what's the pc term now it's it's not christmas season it's not hanukkah season it's not even holiday season anymore um sparkle Winter season? sparkle season oh no sparkle season how ironic is that sparkle <laughs> season well, I shit you not, but sparkle season and we're going to talk about how the holidays impact your gaming table and scheduling and just pulling people together during what is for a lot of people a joyful but also a hectic time of the year. Sounds good. I mean, uh, those are you know three pretty solid segments. No, uh, no weirdness no. other than maybe something buried in the news or, or something that flies out of my mouth when we're talking about it. But you know that can happen. That's par for the- Hey, hey, yeah. hey, hey! No hate on the Etard Ray comment from last week either. Like I'm, I'm wow! Coming, I'm oh my com- goodness! I am coming out on in shining armor this week. <laughs> I am shocked at that. I thought someone would have something to say about that. No, no, no. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm smelling like a daisy. Uh, might be time to change your soap then. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's fabulous! Rule of cool, Bert. All right. I guess we got to dive right into this. Uh, it has resurfaced in a lot of the circles. Uh, saw the shiny, sparkly ones talking about it, and how awesome! And and you know, there were some of uh, our dear friends and neighbors in the OSR that were. Uh, also talking about it, but in the other end of things, um, tell the folks what the rule of cool is, just in case they're not aware of this phenomenon that has popped up in the gaming, I guess, sphere over the last 10 or 15 years. Well, in, in general, layman's simple terms, the rule of cool is when you do something that's not technically allowed because it's awesome. Okay. So I, as a human fighter, dive off of a cliff, do a triple Lundy a la Rodney Dangerfield back to school, and land killing three gnolls would would qualify for rule of cool, yes? Technically, what you just described is something that could happen if you have the right feats, but doing it while taking no damage, landing in your superhero pose and your background music going off is rule of cool. And I did not spill my triple latte from, from wizard bucks. (laughs) (laughs) I I kept it perfectly level and in my hand at all times. Yeah. (sighs) You know what I think of the rule of cool, right? Right, right. I'm, I'm pretty sure I know what you think of the rule of cool. <laughs> I think the rule of cool is a steaming pile of dog shit that just subverts the purpose and structure of the game. If we're just going to go and do storytelling, let's just fucking tell each other a tale, you know, 
we could reach over and stroke each other off under the table and maybe roll some fate dice to justify the evening. I don't like the rule of cool. The rule of cool is not cool. The rule of cool is for foolish players that are not, and I mean not, trying to create anything that's immersive, anything that is even tangibly set within the confines of Dungeons and Dragons or tabletop role-playing or whatever. Again, it is just pure storytelling for the sake of storytelling. And I'm a fan of storytelling. I'm not shitting on storytelling. Uh, There are times where storytelling is paramount, but it all has to happen within the confines of the set understood setting and rules. Otherwise, there's no need, justification. It's chaos, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. Yes and no. I'm listening. Okay. I mean, it for me, it really depends on the players at the table and the system that you're playing. Because there are a lot of systems that are primarily story-based. They're not math-crunchy. Things like fate. Right. Things like fiasco. Things like, um, you know, they're all about the story. There, I've even played in, like, role-playing games where you're making an action film. So you want those over-the-top story elements in there. But everybody's having fun with it. You know, there's not somebody who's always trying to institute the rule of cool. The rule of cool is just kind of built into that type of game. And and here's where I'm going to disagree. Because if you have a player that is less role-play inclined, less creative, you are taking away some of, I'm going to use a sparkle troll term, some of their agency. If I grant the guy that can come up with $30,005 words a minute, the rule of cool, because it's just not possible for that person to pull it off, but others at the table are going to get it. Likewise, it is something that is incredibly swingy based on the DM. And I can just see it causing problems. He got to do it. I didn't. Of course, you're always going to think that your cool shit is the coolest shit. Right? You're, versus someone else's cool shit. My cool shit's always... You also have to take into consideration that if you chose to play a game that is primarily storytelling and not math-based then you have to expect that you're going to see those over-the-top elements in it. Like you said, this, maybe somebody's not a good role player. Then the system wouldn't be a good fit for that player to start with. I, I agree with that statement, but why have a system at all? Again, we're, we're at the, the session circle jerk at this point. If you're going to have a system, you have to adhere to the system. And I am far from a rules lawyer. The GM's role is to progress the story, to facilitate the players, and to make sure that there is some semblance of balance at the table. And I just see the rule of cool, you know, taking a piss on all of those sorts of things. Not to mention it just rubs me the wrong way. You did it because I like it. That's, that's not the way the world works. And that's not the way a fantasy world works or a science fiction world works or an anthropomorphic uh, bear world works. You know, things don't just happen because they're cool. And I I just, I see it breaking the, you ready for one of those $5 words, verisimilitude of the game and really, really compromising every player except for the one that got to pull off whatever it may be. Well, I guess we're just going to have to agree to disagree, right? Well, I, those, I assumed those, we would. <laughs> those, uh, because, like I said, those storytelling-based games that are rules-light and role-play heavy rely on characters to come up with creative solutions. Yes, you may have to roll some fate dice or use a skill, but you know, if you're trying to use a skill in, a, in an unusual or an over-the-top way, it may be more difficult for you to do it, but those 
those rule of cool moments are literally built into those systems. Yeah, but they, as well. if you're rolling a die, I have no problem with it. You know, you're so going you're gonna to have a skill check. It's, it's when you wave your hand and it just happens. The rule of cool still has to have a rule involved. Ah, uh, I disagree, and I, I think that there are a lot... No, you're... Oh, they're disagreeing with you, too, because they're putting it into 5th edition. They're putting it into systems that don't have a mechanic behind where it is. It is... This is the hand of God allowing this to happen. So I think what you're describing which I would almost be on board with, I would, it would still ruffle my feathers, but probably not enough for me to say anything at a table, is the rule of cool as we would have understood it maybe five or ten years ago. But right now, it is the hand of God making the impossible possible. Give me an example. Uh, again, it no skill check necessary. What you are describing is so awesome for my story that it just happens. In something like that, if you're like, okay, I want to do this amazing thing. Okay, well, you can try to do that amazing thing. It may or may not work. But there's a difference between being cool and your DM just losing control or just... No, and the rule of cool, as it's being implemented today, is that it supersedes the system. It's so amazing that we have no need for it to be practical, mechanically possible, or even skill-checked. Hmm. So, you know, that, that's in, something entirely different from... <gasps> I the... converted Bert! No, no, you didn't. <laughs> Ultimately, you know, the, you know... Take a game like Fiasco. Okay. Fair. Okay. Good example. Good example. So Fiasco has almost no dice rolls involved until you get to the wrap-up of the game. Correct. So it's up to the other... When you're doing your awesome thing, it's the other players who decide if you get a good or bad outcome. Right. Something I could see something like that. You know, if everybody agrees that it's awesome and let it happen, well... You know, uh, it, it's a game that we're playing together. If everybody agrees on it, then, you know, you suck it up and move on. Sure. Take a if game like Fiasco, and right. everybody doesn't even get the say. The storyteller says, rule of cool. That is the most amazing thing I've heard described at the table tonight. Boom, you do it. See, I think we had a disconnect in our understanding of where rule of cool is in today's gaming community. Absolutely. I mean, I've played with, I've played in systems with rule of cool for years, but there was always, there always had to be a rule attached to it. Can I use this skill or this spell that way? Well, it doesn't say in the book that you can, it doesn't say that you can't. So that's a judgment call from your DM. Right. And if you have a good DM, there's not even this metagame talk of rule of cool. It's okay. Give me blah, 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 skill check. And as the DM, in my mind, I'm thinking this is not possible. So no matter what they roll, it is a failure. But I'm going to let them roll to preserve the illusion of choice. This would be a godlike thing to pull off. So mechanically, it would be possible, but not for a mortal being to do. But I'm not going to tell my player that. I'm not going to say this is an impossible roll. I'm going to say, <laughs> go ahead and roll your dice. <laughs> Uh, and I'm going to collect my damage dice behind the screen. Interesting, because I can think of a combination of feats that makes what you just described entirely possible if they take falling damage. Uh, yeah, if, and there's the caveat, there's the if, right? So you're like, okay, you can try it, but you'll take falling damage. Oh, sure. You, a, well, I a, wouldn't tell them they're going to take falling damage. I would assess the damage when it's done. I would let them, you know, do their athletics checks to parkour off of the mountainside, to twist and turn and do their fates. I agree with you. Like I said, mechanically, it's possible. But the re challenge ratings are, are such that you would need to be near immortal or immortal to pull it off. Now, if we're talking a epic level campaign... You have some flexibility there because you're getting into the territory where mathematically it could be possible. But, you know, when I've got Timmy McGee over here pissed off because it didn't work when he was a third character Catman, 
uh, no offense to your cat man i know you're playing one in pathfinder but i'm thinking back to a former former group mate that that used to always try that shit and get really pissed off when he would not pass his skill checks <laughs> so i'm having an inside <laughs> chuckle to myself uh hey tim what's up <laughs> oh we need someone from the news media to give us a definition of rule of cool i i think you're you're right we're we're just at a standstill because because we're miles apart on what rule of cool is yeah 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 so um I think we presented interesting arguments for for both things. I think we both presented a unique way to look at the rule of cool. And, you know, hey, you're not going to block me on Twitter. Well, you can't because I don't have a Twitter account. (laughs) Oh, on to the news. I did say news. I said it a a while back. Yeah, you did. For the record, the shtick is still running. I said news. It's... It's still in play. Nothing new, nothing changing, but a whole lot for us to look at. What's in the news this week, Ryan? Well, uh, one of my favorite game designers, um, kind of a pioneer slash visionary slash insane crazy person, uh, Hideo Kojima. Oh, okay. Uh, Yeah, Kojima's done a lot of interesting games. uh, As we know, he has partnered, we've talked about it, that he's partnered with Team Xbox for the first time and is working on a new untitled or unreleased titled property, in addition to, as we know, the, the Death Stranding sequel, which I'm looking forward to. But uh, oh, You want to get back into that walking simulator, do you? I do, I do. Uh, Kojima says that one of his new games is, quote, almost like a new medium, unquote. So it's going to have the potential, and I'm paraphrasing here, to uh, change video game and film industry. Uh, Quote, if this succeeds, it will turn things around, not just in the game industry, but in the movie industry as well. Hmm. He talks about how there's new technology that is going to be in, inserted into a brand new concept. Um, I, I don't know. You know, every great creator has a string of things that don't work. And... Is he possibly extending himself too far or talking a little bit too much? That'll be, I mean, it doesn't sound like you, you haven't given, like, it sound, doesn't sound like he gives any mechanical details. You haven't explained what is so unique about this. Nor so. will he, right? He'll, he'll release a bunch of cryptic images and videos and tweets until after the game has released. Uh, but. I, I thought it was interesting enough just to get people to talk. I mean, we don't know that he's not specifically talking about the sequel to Death Stranding. Um, we we just know that he's, you know, doing what he does best, which is manipulating the spin around his games. And I think that that has a lot to do with the sort of mystique of Kojima. And he acknowledges that, embraces it, and uses it to his advantage. Right. I mean, it'll be every, I think at some point you've heard a creator, you know, a number of different creators over the years saying, you know, this is an entirely new thing, or this is an entirely new genre, or this, you know, turns all conventions on its head. Right. I guess it's wait and see. It is. And most of the time, in fact, I can't think of a time where when someone got on the hype train a little bit too much, it didn't backfire. And I'm going all the way back. Think about things like um, Peter Molyneux, uh, Black and White, Mm -hmm. and then with Fable. Were they unique and innovative? Yes. But were they what he built up? No. And that's always a disappointment because, as we know, (laughs) the gaming community is very fickle and very quick to just dismiss you if you don't deliver 100% on point. Absolutely. If you can't deliver what you promised, people will, you know, drop you like a hot rock. They sure will. They sure will. But uh, interested to see what uh, what the living legend has sort of up his sleeve. And knowing him, it'll be another four years before we see it. <laughs> true, true. A... a uh... You know, an interesting creator he is, a quick creator, not so much. Nope, no, no. 
Uh, sort of a jump over to tabletop land here. Uh, we've talked about Mutant before, the the tabletop game, and we talk about Mutant Year Zero, the ex-commy video game adaptation. Right. Well, now we have Zone Wars, which is slated to be a skirmish minis game set in the universe of Mutant Year Zero. So... Huh. Uh, did you play Mutant Year Zero? I did not. I loved XCOM, and I generally love XCOM clones. Okay. I I could not get into Mutant Year Zero. Don't know why. I, I, I don't know if it was the gameplay. I don't know if it was the story. Uh, it just didn't do it for me. So uh, I probably am going to... Look, note, and move on down the road with this one, but uh, Free League is publishing it, and uh, they have some great sculpts that they released for the minis. Uh, they're going to be sun-dropped, so those of you that have the patience and the skill to paint minis uh, have a nice, clean slate to work with. But, um, yeah, uh, Mutant Year Zero... Yeah, I mean, I, I played a lot of XCOM. Let me ask you a question, because you mentioning this story makes me think about it, because this is like the second or third mini skirmish game we talked about. A Hero lot. came back. Yeah. So, I mean, is this the year of miniature skirmish games? Like, if you remember 10 years ago, every gaming company was releasing um, card games to compete with, like, Magic the Gathering and the other card game crazes at the time. So, right. Is this just a year of mini skirmish games to compete with Warhammer? I don't know. I don't know. Now, Warhammer had some bad press that's not in our news. It's not bad press, you know. It's it's typical games workshop sort of pro and con arguing, which is why I didn't put it in the news this week, because it's nothing new. Um, but there have been an uncanny amount of mini games that we're seeing miniatures i should say not mini games uh miniatures right. and skirmish games that we're seeing in the pipeline so right maybe... i can think of two or three that we've discussed in the past few months alone yeah yeah going I, I, back to the re-release of HeroScape and some of the other uh you know minifig games that we were talking about yeah, m maybe they want to do it here's what's killing them no one has had a price point that is accessible for someone that's not already into miniatures, right? So I, I consider the miniatures crowd, and God knows some of you are in that crowd that are listening, and we love you no matter how crazy you are. <laughs> um, but the miniatures crowd is already going to buy stuff, right? And they have already accepted the premium price for stuff. Right. We need a company... And I don't say we need. It's never been my cup of tea. I appreciate it. I own some, but I uh, I bought quite a few of the like the pre-painted Dungeons and Dragons minis for a while because they were really handy when I was running games and needed to lay out a battle map or something. But I was never one like I didn't play the miniatures game that Dungeons and Dragons released or anything like no, that. No, but I was even those big... suffered from an incredibly high cost of entry. And until a company is willing to, I almost want to say, produce something that is a loss leader and take that plunge to try to get some filthy casuals into their base, it's just going to be more of the same. And and again, I'm, I don't want to diminish that sort of genre, but it is a very small and specific genre with an audience that's already dedicated their dollars in a higher tier price point that I don't know, uh, you know, someone's going to have to come out with a cheap way to get people in and or, then hook them. Uh, or just, uh, you know, get a YouTube channel of people playing minis with millions of followers and then everybody will be into it. Possibly, possibly. Um, I mean, that, look at what happened with, you know, role-playing games, you know, 10 years ago. You know, it was, you know, high, you know, it was not, it was not for everybody. Now you see a lot more casual players. So, it, and I think that has to do with, you know, streaming and social media and a lot of that stuff, but you've never seen that type of thing for miniatures games, really. 
No, I guess not. And, you know, I'm not going to... I don't know that there is a Matt Mercer for for <laughs> miniatures games. Not that I pump that style of play or endorse right. the players that, you know, are, are jerking off to critical role. But uh, I don't I don't know that that's it. I, I think that, um, well, since you've put us down this road, I'll just close this news story and we'll talk about this. Uh, I think, <laughs> see what you did. Do you see what you've done? <laughs> you mean I've broken the news cycle? Um, Yay well, me! <laughs> here's the thing. This is a outlying peak. Okay, I'm gonna I'm mm-hmm. gonna go to my investments and economy routes. If you look at anything on a chart, there is a pattern called head and shoulders, and gaming is very clearly in the second shoulder of that pattern. So what that means is, uh, you know, if you're looking at a chart, there's a right. little shoulder, and then there's a taller head that's a spike, and then there's another little shoulder. Guess what happens after the second shoulder? You drop all the way to the bottom. And gaming is on the second shoulder. And these pickups that were the result of being cooped up because of COVID, having not a lot to do, not content with their lot in life, that picked up on this, and I'm going to just use for an example, the critical role trend, you know, the, the place where Sparkle Trolls are birthed, they picked up on it. But they're not consistent, and that's been proven economically through all of their trends from the times that they were spending mommy and daddy's money up through now. So if and when the bottom falls out, and it's it's not a matter of if, it's when the bottom falls out, they're going to move on to the next property. Maybe it'll be skirmish games. Um, maybe it will. Maybe it will. <laughs> uh, they are going after the, the 40K franchise right now. And again, not in the news, but the Sparkle Trolls have been actively going after setting and lore and all of those things that they targeted in Dungeons and Dragons. So Warhammer fans, if they hit you, gatekeep the fuck out of them. Uh, <laughs> that's all I can say. You you don't want that cancer in your hobby. Oh, oh Ryan, no. Yeah, Ryan, you know, I'm no. Dr. Ryan tonight. I'm cutting out no, the cancer. Games, games are for everyone, Ryan. Yeah, let's move on to Netflix. <laughs> what's what's up with Netflix? Uh, I, I got a double dose of Netflix for you. Um, okay. Did you watch the Netflix uh, shock drama du jour, which is the Dahmer show? No, I'm not much a true. I'm not much of a true crime guy. You know the 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 boss really likes her true crime shows, so we watched the Dahmer show, and I thought it was very good. You know, it was. Um, Interestingly paced, Evan Peters fucking became Jeffrey Dahmer, which was a little creepy. Um, cool, that does sound creepy. I, I Bert, hope he can get another job. Well, it's 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 worth a watch. In fact, uh, in a in an aside that wasn't worth a full story coverage, um, it was released just a day or two ago that he went into method for Dahmer. And oh, no. yeah, and he had to have different activities and just movies and releases when he came out of it to to not go to those dark, dark places. So, I mean, how many people did he eat? Uh, he didn't eat anybody, at least I hope <laughs> not. Uh, but no, he 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 became Dahmer. And if, if you know, we lived through it, so we have a little bit of a different perspective than people. That, oh, absolutely. That yeah. didn't see it. But um, yeah, it. Kudos to Evan Peters. Ryan Murphy, the creator of the show and producer, and, you know, we know him from all sorts of shit because this is the year of Ryan Murphy. Um, he does it. He's pretty prolific. Yeah. yeah. It's been. Yeah. He's, he's, he took a lot of bad press from the victims of, of Dahmer, you know, sort of the same battle cry that that we again we lived through and we heard you know oh we're exploiting the victims and this and that and i'm sure that there is a great argument both for and against it but murphy was ominously silent when all of that tempest in the teapot was kicked up now that it sort of died down uh he did make a statement and 
he said that he reached out to 20 victims' families during the research phase before anything was even put to paper, and, quote, not a single person responded to us. So hmm. that that takes a little wind out of the sails. Um, but no, Dahmer, as a show, um, good series, not the gore fest that, that you may be picturing, but really um, an intellectual look into Dahmer from the portrayal by Evan Peters. There is, of course, a political slant to it, uh, from the perspective of the victims and the okay. communities that Dahmer targeted. Uh, but, you know, what doesn't have a political slant nowadays? So, um, Us, hopefully. Yeah, well, true, right? But we're, we're letting, I'm letting a little more fly now because what the fuck? I don't care. <laughs> and <laughs> if you're wondering right. why I don't care, tune into last week's episode. Um, but no, uh, definitely worth a watch for you. Um, those two little tidbits I thought were interesting. Uh, oh yeah, I mean absolutely. Like, I mean I can see why people wouldn't really respond to him. If I mean if you were you know part of the victims' families, would you want to talk about Jeffrey Dahmer? We lived through that time period. I can't imagine what those poor people had to deal with. I sympathize with with the families, but my answer to your question is yes. Yes, I would want to talk to him because this is going to be the persona that 99% of the world knows of my loved one. So hmm. I would want as much input as I could possibly get. But maybe guess, that's just me being, can... being, you know, fucking sociopath. No, no I mean, it, it's it's sort of the flip side, you know. Uh, for me, pers- it's, I guess it's all on how you're built. Like I can see people, I can see your side of things. You don't want your, you want your family member portrayed accurately and you don't want, you know. No one and, knows and, my family member member better than me, especially me versus a script writer. I want my right. input there so that, you know, whoever it was that, that, and, and I know I can't accurately put myself in the shoes of those families. Oh, no, no one can, oh, no. but I can definitely want the memory of my loved one to be portrayed as accurately as possible. Absolutely. Whereas me, on the other hand, I, you know, if you're trying to work past something like that, the last thing I would want to do would be to dredge that up, especially years later for something like this. So it's just two different opinions, but basically the either one is equally valid. I think there, no, I I don't think that there's a right or a wrong answer on that one. Um, want another reason to hate Netflix? Sure. Henry Cavill is out as Geralt of Rivier. Oh, uh, yeah. My wife was super upset about that because uh, she's a huge Henry Cavill fan, especially in The Witcher. So Um, for seasons one, two, and three of The Witcher, there was one person on staff that cared about the lore. And for season four, there will be zero (laughs) because Henry Cavill is, is exiting the show after the third season, which is in the can, and as I understand it, fi- finalizing things in post-production right now. Um, but uh, Henry Cavill, great, don't-give-a-fuck nerd of our time, uh, is out. And I don't know. Just that yeah. news alone means for me that I probably won't watch season four of The Witcher. I, considering, I mean, I was obsessed with the Witcher games I pl- and the books and all of that stuff, I will probably give it a look, but did you hear who's replacing him? I, I did, in fact. It is Liam Hemsworth is replacing him. So, Wait. Mm. yeah, from I'm Hunger trying, Games. I'm, I'm trying, oh, okay, that's who that is. I was trying to picture which Hemsworth that was, because there's so many of them. <laughs> Not Thor. <laughs> right, right, no, no. I was like, Although they all kind bulky. of look the same, don't they? I don't know. You said it's Chris Hemsworth. No, 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 no. Liam. Liam, Liam Hemsworth. Hemsworth. Yeah, Chris is the one. Let, let, me, let me take a look at the picture. I don't know, Bert. I don't know. Uh, he, here's the thing, though. Cavill uh. has been on record, and anybody that watched the show and is familiar with the work mm-hmm. absolutely knows that he became... Geralt, not the other way around. He wasn't playing Geralt. That was the 
probably closest to perfect casting that existed for Geralt of Rivier. Right. I mean, the, the sword play and the different things, the different stories you hear from on set, like he fully embodied that character, dove fully into it with both feet and tried to live it. And I don't know that you're going to get another actor who's going to be willing to do the same. Uh, visually, he became Geralt. Psychologically, he became Geralt. I mean, I, I don't know. And we know, you know, he's a big fucking dork. He loved right, sure. the series and wanted to bring that character to life. And uh, So why is he out? Don't tell me he's doing more DC films. Well, he has been re-signed for three more Superman properties. But okay. I don't know that that is the reason. There was rumblings that they Netflix wanted to uh, terminate their agreement with him, even for season three. And, you know, there are rumors that circulate that just because he really does buy in to our culture and want to embody and represent things in the best way possible, that he's sometimes a little icky to work with. So... Uh, okay. Uh, I, I can. I mean, I could see that. As somebody who was Geralt 24 hours a day would get a little... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> little grading. I would would you want to be around Geralt of Rivia twenty four seven? I don't know. Maybe if I was Yen. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I heard he, he's hung like a moon beast. So, um, yeah, I don't. I don't know. Uh, it, it's it's a little. I just feel defeated. And again, maybe I'm being crazy, but maybe I'm not. Uh, again, time will tell. And uh, I'm disappointed. Can you hear it in my voice? I'm disappointed. I can. And am I, you know, sad to see him go? Yes, absolutely. Because he was awesome in that role. But, uh, you know, I considering how much I love The Witcher, I'll probably at least take a glance at season four before I write it off. That's yep. just me. Yep. Disappointment continues. And that's the theme for, for this next story as well. I don't know if it's disappointment for you, but it is sincere disappointment for the fat man in me. My dearest, most delicious, I don't want to know how it's made McDonald's sandwich is singing its swan song. Really? The McRib. Oh, you do love the McRib is on its, quote, farewell tour. So, <sighs> the McRib is rumored, and McDonald's branding appears to reinforce these rumors that this November's appearance of McRib, which has already appeared in our locality. Bert, right, I, right. I, we have McRibs here. I've seen it I've, on the menu. I've had them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a big McRib eater, but I've seen them on the menus when I've gone out to McDonald's. But uh, this stint is probably the last one. You might remember that it was a permanent menu item until the early 2000s. And right. about 2005, angry fat guys like me clamored for it to come back. So they brought it back into this rotating, unspecified seasonal position. Where... Right, and it was always like in the fall, like it was sort of the opposite of the shamrock shake, which always shows up in the spring. Yeah, I mean, it's it spawned a following uh, because of the randomness of the McRib. Uh, there is a McRib locator website that ties in with Google Maps that will get you to your McRib. Uh, it has a cult-like group of folks that chase the McRib. In... Well, I mean... The you know I, and and that doesn't just because it's on a farewell tour doesn't mean that it's not coming back. I know it's like uh, a comic book character until we see it's dead and buried. It ain't dead and buried, but still you don't call it a fair. They're fucking with us, Bert. You know us McRib <laughs> folk are are. You don't mess with our processed pork and sauce and onions and pickles. It's it's just yeah oh. I know you, you, you love them. I, I, if I'm going to make a rib sandwich, I will smoke some ribs. 
So Geralt's dead, and my beloved McRib is dead. I'm sorry, man. Should we should we have some sort of memorial service? You know, maybe get you a pile of McRibs and maybe if we get enough people to tweet at Henry Cavill, <laughs> he'll come and eat a McRib with us. <laughs> <laughs> That would be awesome. That's never going to happen. I, I, would eat a, I, I would eat a McRib for that purpose. I'm like, I don't even like this, but, you know, give me two. Like. All right. Let's end up this news. So. What else you got? Uh, smell like Batman. So, like sweaty rubber? Smell like Batman. The House of Sillage has released a line of fragrances inspired by the Dark Knight himself. I don't know. Does it smell like old body armor suits? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, a new Batmobile smell? I don't know. <laughs> what do you mean by that? Batman, the vengeance, will have notes of bergamot, cardamom, and tonka bean. Hmm. Interesting. There combo. are also heart notes, whatever that means. And bass notes, whatever that means. Uh, that includes oak moss. And I know nothing about perfume. So all I can say is that it's $300 for Batman cologne. Right, right. I mean, what you just described is, you know, as a tradi very traditionally masculine type of scent, bergamot and tonka bean I'm familiar with. Oak moss I'm not so familiar with, but... Uh, Three hundred bucks for Batman cologne, basically, is what you're saying. Hey, you want to you want to know what did at all times when I was single throughout my entire life drive the girls crazy? Fucking cheap ass Old Spice. <laughs> I always shit. I don't know if you remember back to the college days, but like one thing that stands out in my mind is. The female persuasion would always say, you smell so nice. And it was nothing but a shower and Old Spice. I was clean, <laughs> and I had cheap shit on, and I didn't slather it on, right? It right. Was, it, it was just enough so that when Mickey's <laughs> wife would nuzzle up next to me, she would tell me how nice I smelled. <laughs> oh, man. Are you listening, dude? Yeah, I hope you are. <laughs> Uh, in all seriousness. I mean, why not? I mean, I'm going to feed the crazy, right? No, I, Old Spice. $5, Kmart. <laughs> That's the news, well, my friend. You just you just dated yourself there, man. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't even, what, what is Old Spice now? Uh, I'm going to uh, look it up. I haven't bought a Old Spice in 20 years, my friend, but. You know. I still have some from about 10 years ago because I got the economy <laughs> size jug of it. Oh, man. So I am still on the Old Spice that is the same thing. I have four and a half ounces on the Amazon. It's about 10 bucks. And four and a half ounces will last you like three years. if Unless you're, you know, one of those guys that believes that. drinking it. <sighs> yeah, do you remember when Axe was a thing? And, and people would, like, yes, coat themselves yes. from head to toe in that shit? Yeah, yeah. When I was in uh, when I was in school, there were guys who were like, I didn't have time to take a shower, so I just sprayed on a whole can of Axe. I'm like, well, <laughs> oh, now we're all going to die. Thanks. Oh, thanks. <laughs> now you're going to smell like sweaty balls, pits, and Axe. <laughs> Instead of just smelling like sweaty balls and pits. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Hey, this week, instead of sponsors, I want to specifically reach out and thank the folks that have helped us through, I guess, what you can consider a rough time, question mark, which is my detwittering. Uh, our dear fans in the OSR, uh, publishers, players, DMs, and some people that are still living their characters have all rallied and supported us. They followed us on Twitter at NerdCognito to help rebuild the base. The powers that be are running that account now so that you can stay in touch with the philosophy and news about the show. Uh, Bert and I now are both absent from Twitter. So it's really <laughs> the only place for your NerdCognito fix. And 
We have had retweets and folks pointing folks into the correct direction to our shock and amazement and eternal gratitude. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Again, if you have friends and neighbors that are wondering, where's Ryan David? Well, the next best thing is to follow at NerdCognito on Twitter so at least you don't miss anything about the show. Uh, We definitely want to encourage you to check out our friends in the OSR. We're talking about Chronicles of Iris. We're talking about all of the Red Room properties. We're talking about Magic User Games and their amazing YouTube content. Victor Gorchev, Across the Pond, and all of the other figures in the OSR that have rallied to support us. We could not continue without you, and we know that this is just twisting the knife in the kidneys of the folks that wanted to destroy us. So we want to give you a public and big thank you, thank you, thank you for everything that you did. Continue to spread the word. Make sure that your friends know about the show. Like, subscribe, and do all of that shit. How's that for some humility? Um, oh, I mean, absolutely. We, you know, when when somebody steps up to support you, you have to thank them. Yeah, right? there's no doubt how humbling it was. Again, like I said last week, they knew what was going on before I knew what was going on, and circled the wagons and said, hey, this is not right. We and, and, and a lot of them, we don't always agree with that asshole. But he's our asshole, so we have to take care of him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you, everybody, everybody, everybody. Everybody's got a friend like that, though. You're like, yeah, he's a jerk, but he's our jerk. <laughs> we ran super long in the news, but I definitely want to talk about the holiday season. Okay. Tis the season, Bert. Tis the season for last-minute cancellations, family commitments, working extra hours, and not being able to pull your friends to the table. It happens. It happens. We, we, you know right away that on Thanksgiving weekend and on Christmas and on New Year's, not necessarily likely that you're going to get your friends and table mates together because they're going to be out doing their thing. True. I've seen groups implode over the holiday season because they're just not able to pull it back from holidays. Have you been in any groups that have had the, we'll call it holiday blues? Um, I've been in groups where there have been scheduling difficulties, of course, around the holidays, but I've been lucky enough that most of the groups that I've been involved with are all pretty hardcore gamers. So we'll do things like, okay, we're scheduled to play on Saturday. Well, Bob has a thing with his uncle, so Bob's not going to make it. We'll switch over from our regular campaign to a one-shot. That way we still get to have a game day for the people who can make it. And we'll get back into the campaign, you know, when we're all, when we can all schedule together. So we kind of keep things going, even if we, switch out for a board game day, a one-shot. We play something that's real easy to pick up and play, like Fiasco. Like the With the gaming groups that I'm in, we stay pretty consistent through the holidays, We, but we do not, you know, we do not plan anything pretty much for around Christmas because a lot of people are out of town and things like that. Right. Now, I, I've had experience with a holiday or with a group in particular that just didn't brace for impact for the holidays. And I think that's the biggest thing. Uh, I I look at what we do with the Nerd Cognito group. Next time we meet, we're probably going to say, okay, here's where Thanksgiving's going to fall. Here's where Christmas is going to fall. Here's where New Year's is going to fall. Right. If we're going to play, we're going to play here, 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 and here. And we're just going to put it out there early and often. Does that mean that one of the that one of those is still not going to necessarily need to be canceled? No. And will one of them probably be canceled? Yeah. Probably, yeah. But at least, you know, I think being forthcoming about scheduling, which is a good rule of thumb in general, but particular be during this season because you've got this cluster of festive shit that fucks with your gaming. <laughs> Sure, absolutely. I mean, even if you're a regular gamer who plays every other week, you can't just assume that everybody's going to show up the day after Christmas or the day after Thanksgiving or, you know. 
No, I, I, I know. We've been fortunate that we, in our core group, don't have a lot of like Black Friday bargain shoppers. So when it falls the day after Thanksgiving, we're about 50-50, as long as there aren't family commitments going on. We usually can get together. But still, I think early and open is the best approach to make sure that, that your session gets on. I like the idea that you don't also, you know, peg it into, you know, a campaign sort of thing. I think um, a couple of years ago, before you came back into the group, around Thanksgiving through New Year's, we intentionally tabled the campaign and specifically did other stuff. Right. And and we said, okay, and the campaign will resume the second week of January. And we just we just shoved it aside so that people didn't feel bad if they needed to cancel or couldn't make it or, you know, winter's coming, got sick. So, right. um, yeah, I mean, the only, the only problem I see with our group and Black Friday would be getting to your house, considering where you live. <laughs> what? You don't want to go through three major shopping districts to come here? <laughs> no, no, not, not on Black Friday. It already takes me forever to get to your house, Ryan. <laughs> I think short of the immediate locale, you would be all right. right? Possible. The yeah, city I mean, is not going to be an issue. No. And everything on that side of the city is kind of isolated. It's just my area that is all commerce all the time. <laughs> right. Uh, I, I don't even know. Did you look at the, at the calendar? Is that an on week for us, for the Nerd Cognito group? Mm, let me I peek yeah, let's, let's see take a look at the calendar so on it is an on week holy shit so we're gonna have a very serious scheduling conversation over discord or at the next face-to-face -face at, at the least so right right absolutely i mean with between my family and my wife's family we've got a lot of stuff going on around the holidays so but we'll figure it out yeah my family's in florida and hopefully they stay there this year so <laughs> <laughs> uh i i do you know what i do know that um we are going to my mother-in-law's and preparing thanksgiving for her because you know she lost her husband of many years this year so right. this is the first one for her so it may not happen at all because if we overnight there I ain't going to be in any shape to be running a game Friday night. So, Oy, I didn't, I, oh, lots to think about. Uh, hey, world, now you know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, you know, scheduling around the holidays is always tough for every group. And I, I don't think that it's specific to our hobby either. I think just in general, you know, if you want to get together and play cards or get together and drink beer or go bowling or shoot pool or do whatever it is that you get your rocks off on, the holidays are a giant monkey wrench. See? Ryan David says, fuck the holidays. <laughs> <laughs> I... Oh, no. You, what are they going to do? Blast you on Twitter about it? Uh... They, they can't blast you on Twitter anymore. Fuck you, Burr. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, if you miss blasting me on Twitter, make sure that you are subscribed to NerdCognito at the podcast provider of your choice. I know you have one because you're listening to us right now. And uh, make sure to hit that subscribe button. Send us a review, be it a Sparkle Troll review or a five-star review. We know that five stars are the appropriate number of stars, but we can't control the number of stars that the Sparkle Trolls give us. Uh, we appreciate all of them because there is no such thing as bad press. But the most important thing is that subscription to make sure that you don't miss a single episode of Nerd Cognito. Uh, that's about it for us tonight, Bert. We uh, we had a big one this week, and oh, absolutely. Uh, lots of fun stuff. We got off track in the news. We got off track at the beginning of the show. We got off track at the end of the show. It's just, we're a train wreck this week. <laughs> yeah, well, sometimes when you're talking to your friends, things go sideways. It, it, it They do. They do. I, I almost told a joke, but at, at living up on the retard one from last week, I better just 
tuck it aside for this week. So um, <laughs> it involved a hammer. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. Oh, yes. Um, and some underpants. Anyway, I think we better wrap this up before I get myself into trouble, Bert. <laughs> that sounds like a smart idea. Thank you again for tuning in. Bert and I are always pleased to share our conversations with you. We thank you for your support. Follow the great team at NerdCognito on Twitter, and we will talk at you next week. Be safe out there, everybody. Nerd!